Beat Baseball has been around in an organized way for more than 40 years. It has its own World Series and its own Hall of Fame. If you listen closely, you can hear the beeping. That's the ball. The ball makes noise so that the batter can hear it. The pitcher can see. He's sighted, as is the catcher. They're the only two-sighted people on the team. Everyone else is blind. And the pitcher is on the same team as the batter, right? So he's trying to toss the ball right into the sweet spot where the batter can smack it. Uh, What are the other differences? There are six players per team instead of nine. There are six innings instead of nine. Batters get four strikes and one ball instead of three strikes and four balls. And uh, there's another sound that uh, is part of baseball, and it's the buzzing of a base. Richie Flores, he says the base makes noise so the batters can get to it. It's not a a single beep, beep, beep the way uh, the ball is. It's more of a... A continuous buzz. It's like a mm, kind yeah, of thing. it's it's like it's a little more uh, sharp mm. than yeah, somewhat like that. Uh-huh. There you go. This is the beep. Beatball equals everybody plays the podcast with the mission to build up the adapted form of America's favorite pastime. Baseball for the blind and visually impaired. Beep baseball. In community as the National Beep Baseball Association, we redefine disability through the empowerment of inclusive adapted sports, incredible volunteers, tax deductible donations, and all-time classic sportsmanship on the web at nbba.org, National Beat Baseball Association, on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Follow our story. Join the team. Enjoy the beat. Beatball equals everybody plays. Yo, yo, what's up, Beatball fam? This is Richie, the big noise of Beatball, Flores proud member of the Public Relations Committee of the National Beat Baseball Association, bringing you another episode of The Beat. We heard at the top of the pod there a piece of what was my radio debut about seven years ago with National Public Radio, The Story, where I was able to share what beatball was and meant to me at that time. I thoroughly love talking beat baseball with anyone. And so we continue here with our conversation with pitcher and second vice president, Jared Woodard, longtime player, friend of mine, and board member Adam Rodenbeck, and head coach Darnell Booker, all representatives of the four-time champs Indy Thunder. We've done a decent job in our last episode explaining what beat baseball is so let's dive a little deeper into why we play beat baseball and the moments that keep us competing each summer for the leadoff topic first at bat it takes both sighted and blind athletes to play as one to win in this sport Jared, as a pitcher and sighted player, what does that mean for you and Adam? Give me the blindness perspective in this unique trust between sighted and blind 
competitors. Actually, now that you mentioned that, I mean, that's kind of one of the unique things that it offered, you know, me and my dad is, uh, you know, he, he is blind um, and this is a sport that he can play. And so really, I mean, we did also do um, bowling, you know, we, we participated right. in the bowling re leagues. Um, we were able to play, you know, audio darts and things, but uh, beat baseball is kind of that sport. He always came to my baseball games and, and football and all that stuff. But this is one where we can actually compete alongside each other. You know, it's, it's yeah. not really him watching or me watching. Um, so that really, that's kind of the awesome interconnectedness too, I think with the sport and our family is that it allowed us to play the sport alongside our family, you know, which is really what made it even more awesome. I've always hey. really liked too, that the, the side of people who are part of the game are really a part of it. So I thinking back even to just when I started playing with the Blackhawks and getting up there, you know, Kevin wasn't just throwing me pitches so that a blind person would have a chance to swing the bat. You know, he was giving me crap about it's it's not there. You got to fix the swing or you need to do this. And I mean, I, I don't mean that in a negative way. He was helping me out, but it was really apparent that he was in it, too, that it was it was a game. There was real competition and he was there to be a part of it, not just facilitate it. Right on, right on. You know, some of the most competitive athletes and leaders in beatball are cited pitchers, Defensive spotters, coaches, we can't forget our umpires and scorekeepers, photographers, play-by-play -play folks who live stream our games. And of course, you know, some of our board members are cited that just help keep this innovative game growing and moving forward. So Jared, million dollar question, what makes a successful pitcher in beat baseball? Well, <laughs> I don't know that there's any one ingredient, right? I think that that most of it is uh, putting in the hours and hours and hours of time <laughs> to practice, you know, um, that if you look at like all of the successful pitchers in the league and, and those who have went on to win championships or just compete year in and year out, uh, I think that you'll find that, that many of them, especially during the season, are putting in five, ten hours uh, a week at perfecting their craft. It, it isn't just like putting in the practice time to work on how consistent you are as a pitcher, but it's also developing that rapport and relationship with your hitters, helping coach your hitters to improve their swings. I, I mean, it's a lot easier to hit a good consistent swing than it is to, to hit one that is inconsistent. So putting in that work to really know your hitter, know their swing, uh, help improve their swing. I was lucky enough to, to watch Frank Mathena and, you know, Tim and Fonzie and Kevin and all these really good pitchers, the Perrys and Nikolai from Chicago, like all these guys, when I was growing up volunteering, when I was just spotting and catching before I ever pitched, uh, I was able to watch them, you know, and, and quite honestly, one of the bigger impacts and actually probably the one that I mimic my cadence off of is, is Jim Kapek. Um, and even John Lakowski, I remember when I was really, really young and my dad played for the Bluffs, I'd go up there and watch John Lakowski and the Perrys and Jim Kapek pitch. And just watching others do it, pay attention to how they communicate with their hitters, pay attention to what adjustments they make and putting in the time to, to get better yourself. Thanks, man. I mean, I think you rattled off a bunch of names that I'm familiar with and others can become familiar by just paying attention to the top 10 
beat ball teams that place at the World Series, and, and you'll get to learn from each one of those pitchers. In saying that, Adam, we as blind individuals, you and I know that it's hard to recruit other players because sometimes beat baseball isn't for everyone or it's hard to find folks who like to get dirty. So what are some moments that keep you coming back each summer? Anything that sticks out in your mind that beat baseball brings to you personally on the field? you know, which has helped you build this 15 year plus career. Just thinking of like moments that were, were awkward. There was, uh, I was playing in the, the third place game against Colorado and it came down to like the end of the game. It was in the sixth inning. Uh, it was going to be the last out and I had it, it rolled right to me. And it was between my two hands and I just couldn't pick it up. It was every time I, I would hit it with one hand, I'd get both hands on it and drop it. I just could not pick it up. And it would have been the game winner, but luckily James Michaels had my back and won on the next play. But that was <laughs> I was running to the field. I moment. remember. <laughs> I could not believe you didn't pick up that ball. Yeah, the rough but... moment was the uh, the fifteen. I um, know it was fourteen. The championship game against you guys, the Blackhawks. So Blackhawks and Extreme and. It was just rough, man, going through that line at the end because I was so happy that the Blackhawks finally won a championship. I'm just so mad that I didn't. Yeah. It was, uh, it was emotional. You know, my dad, I, I mentioned that that's that's kind of how I got brought into the sport and, and that it allows us to compete aside one another. We did that, you know, for my first three or four years there pitching. We, we were on the same team and everything. And then in 2007 is when... Uh, we had played with the Thunder in six, and we ended up going to the Comets for 2007. Well, Kansas had one of their pitchers get hurt, and uh, another one who they thought was going to pitch but ended up not pitching. So I ended up pitching for them, and my dad stayed with the Comets. So uh, I was pitching for the Kansas All-Stars, and we met up with my dad in the against the Comets on Friday in the undefeated game. So the winner goes to the championship, and we beat them in a close game. Uh, and then we went on to win the World Series. So, you know, he had been in, I don't remember if it was four or five uh, championship games and had lost all of them, you know, including being double dipped once. And so I got my first championship before he did, you know, and kind of like Adam was saying, I didn't know. It, I felt happy for myself and, and the people that was on my team. But I also kind of felt bad that he wasn't on the team and we had beat him to get there and he still didn't, you know, have that championship. Um, but then really what round rounded out that memory is in 2016, uh, when we did come back to the the Thunder for the first time, I mean, for the first year, you know, and we went on to not only win the World Series, which was his first victory, and I think it was like his seventh try he also got inducted to the hall of fame that year. So that was, that was probably the best memory that I had was us finally winning one together and him getting inducted to the hall of fame that same day. That was a, a really emotional day and a, the biggest day I, that I can remember. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know who was quoted in saying this, but it's like baseball, there's always a next day or baseball. There's always a next game. And it's kind of like Lupe Perez on our team is always next batter. And you know, in 2014, you know, it was our time and we took it as the Austin Blackhawks and 
in 2016 and since the Indy Thunder have made it their summer. And unfortunate for the rest of the league, it's been next summer for most of us. Hey Adam, I'd like you to talk and give, you know, in your opinion, in the last 15 years of your career, you know, where are some areas of growth that you've seen us as a league achieve off the field? One of the things that, that really sticks out to me is how we're leveraging technology today. And that I think one of the, the biggest things that we want to do is to reach out to other people. And so by having social media and the, the various people who are out streaming the games, we're getting that footage out there. But not only that, it's really helping out with the off season. When I first started, it was kind of like you would go to the World Series, um, you know, finish, talk about next year, and then wait until the spring came around and you got back out there. But now you can go online and there's a lot of people who are talking about beatball all the time. And I think it's really, it's for one, improved the, the competition. More people are focused on it more often, I think. So people then are more likely to put in work, whether it's working out or trying to get into shape. But it's also just having that connection and it's, you know, when, when we would kind of walk away from it, we all had our own beatball team that was near us. And well, for a lot of people anyway, but there wasn't really as much between teams unless you were just talking to people on the phone. So I really love that it's a lot more public. There's a, a lot more information out there. Where I would really like to see us grow is to see more of that, more of the game footage. And some of the ideas that have been coming out lately of, being able to use um, a professional TV crew to get us actual footage of games that we can then put together for any sort of marketing material. It's awesome. And that's where I would really like to see more of because in the end, that's just going to be more content to draw people in and bring up the interest, whether that's to get volunteers or, or people that want to help us out from a more sponsorship level. Solid info, man. That's right. We have various, you know, Facebook groups out there, that you know, aren't necessarily sanctioned by the National Beat Baseball Association. I mean, the Beat Baseball Facebook group, Beatball Nation, and it has the most audience behind it. I think there's over a thousand people that are on that Facebook group. Um, but by following you know, the National Beat Baseball Association on Facebook and Twitter and uh, our YouTube page and whatnot, you'll get to see some really awesome games. And it's our intent to just build upon the more professional presentations of those games and i think we started doing that at y'all's tournament last year indianapolis beatball bonanza where we had a professional tv crew out there that was able to you know offer a play-by-play -play announcer to have really awesome cameras to show replay and all that kinds of good stuff aerial shots that kind of thing we're getting there and so I would just want to give a shout out to your team in leading that charge and looking forward to, I hear in the future, there will be a Indie Thunder documentary. Just big ups to you guys. And we'll move over to Booker and close it out with you, sir, sharing what keeps you coming back each summer and what has inspired you for the last 35 years to make beatball a big part of your life. My biggest thing in my career, Richie, there's a lot of 
good high points in my career. But when I first started the Indy Thunder, I said, hey, I want to accomplish this couple of things, have start a regional tournament here every year in Indianapolis, get to a World Series to see how that feels as far as on the management side, and also bring the World Series to Indianapolis. And I've done all three of those things, blessed, fortunate to do all those things. Those were the highlights of my career. And then obviously winning a World Series as the general manager and coach of a team. So that was a big thrill for me as well. So a lot of highs and a lot of, you know, just a lot of good accomplishments. And I've been blessed to have that come my way with a lot of hard work and a lot of great people around me. Looks like we're running out of time on this episode, but we're gonna take Darnell Booker and expand upon those three goals that he had and has accomplished in our next presentation. I wanna thank Adam and Jared for sharing with us. And hopefully, again, you've learned something new about beat baseball here. Y'all be winners out there. Beat ball equals everybody plays. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Beat. Talk to y'all next time. Be safe.